So the title of this morning's uh, talk, the, the subject, is meant to help you work with your awareness in such a way that you can see more clearly the way in which you avoid things. And so it's called, Unio thought it was tiny mice, but it's actually tiny misers. Tiny misers. Tiny, tiny bandits. And uh, what this is, is when something arises in your consciousness that is uh, difficult for you, is causing, is challenging, or whether you're facing the wall or in your activity with your family, friends, uh, co-workers, neighborhood, neighbors, and so on, what seems to happen is the, the awareness panics or something about the self-centeredness panics and we tend to abandon the awareness that would welcome whatever's happening and we tend to grasp or, or we try to gather all the awareness, if it could be said that way, and bring it into the sinkhole of ego. Bring it into some, because it gives us that, that actual, uh, traditionally that would be called ignorance. And what happens is we, we shut that off. We shut that off and that gives us a little space where we feel a little, feel a little better. But what we've actually done is we've uh, abandoned the Buddha. You could say, not the historical Buddha, but we've uh, abandoned the, the innate Buddha nature that you have never been separate from. So the idea there is to, uh, of course, practice a lot so that you can see the, how you do that. It's not about shutting that down or stopping that or pulling the plug or anything other than just seeing it. And the way in which that may feel may not feel like some kind of success story about Ah, I think I'm onto something. I think I've got it. I'm starting to feel better. You may not feel better. You may feel worse because the very situation you're looking at is what is perpetuating the discontent, the unhappiness, the the problems. So it's kind of like uh, the the sister talk, I could say, or brother talk to this would be zombie thoughts, which I was we were thinking about last night. It's a talk I gave a few years ago. Constantly resurrecting some kind of thought about something because the self-centeredness feels better about constantly going over something and going over. You know how if, you're, if somebody has slighted you or mistreated you, how, you know, instead of just, well, I was mistreated and going on, instead we go back and we, what do they call that? It's a, it's a food metaphor. Rehash. Oh, no, that's not food. That's a drug metaphor. You know what I'm saying. We go over it and over it. We go, and there's some kind of, what, what kind of satisfaction or what kind of pleasure are, are we getting out of that, uh, resurrecting that kind of situation over and over again? So there's a, there's a similarity uh, to that, uh, to, uh, of that to uh, the, the, that, that, aspect of the thinking process that is very greedy about staying in control, very greedy about staying, uh, about, about getting the awareness to stay away from the open dimension, which is frightening, and coming in and, and bringing that awareness, that energy, that spaciousness, and 
bring that down into some kind of labyrinth we call samsara or ego or I want this, I don't want that, I like this, I don't like this, should go, this should last, more of this, less of that, three poisons around and around the eight worldly dharmas of success and failure, uh, so on and so forth. <clears throat> so bringing our attention into that dynamic, uh, into the concept of it, using, you could use that concept, and maybe that concept wouldn't work for you. but. Maybe there's something else that would work better. That's why we have concepts, is so that we can uh, we can um, reprioritize our our attention, our awareness, our our understanding to go to the area that where the where the uh, where the difficulty is being generated, or is being ignored, or fueled, however you want to say it. And the interesting thing about it is we, we don't have to fix anything. We, we might, it might have, the, might have the sense that something is wrong there that's, that's incorrect, that's uh, adding to the confusion. We might have that feeling, but instead of treating it in the conventional way that we usually do when we find um, something that's a problem by going at it and actually repairing it or fixing it, sealing it off, or uh, because it is not dependent, it is dependently arisen, but it's not dependently arisen in this, with the same kind of uh, conditions that uh, the physical situation, which uh, are tied into what? Time and space. Actual, actual spaciousness and actual distance between two points in time. Uh, your, your, the experience that you would have of that is just remember the last dream you had and notice how it had its own time, it had its own space, it had its own everything, its own reality. And it was probably fairly intense, if you remember it. Convincing. Even though the lucid dream, what we call the lucid dream of being awake while you're in the dream, uh, that's pretty convincing. And we have some control there, but we don't always have a lot. We don't have, have we have, we, it's kind of the feeling we have of the potential of controlling, but then it, it immediately, because of the nature of dreams, the causes and conditions that operate there don't follow time and space. And the, the mind that is uh, becoming lucid is trying to still operate with, I can go there, I can go here. It doesn't quite work that way because there's too many other uh, operatives in there, too, too many other uh, uh, aspects of consciousness that are contradictory or not aligned with your intention to do this or do that. So the idea isn't to maintain some kind of awareness and be uh, constantly uh, vigilant about the mind. As, uh, as taught in some ways, some areas of post-meditation. But it's more to just flash on that. Just uh, It's just a very simple thing that Trungpa Rinpoche used to say, just touch and go. Just touch on it. You don't have to hang on to anything, cling to anything, maintain anything. Just touch on it. Just touch and go. And not touch and abandon, but just touch and, and, if, and if that continues for a while, then don't do anything. And if it drops off, don't do anything. But just what? Be, just be aware of what's happening there. It's an interesting thing that when you become more and more aware that there's no solid being here, that there's no solid person anywhere, and not only not here, but anywhere, uh, everything becomes much more intimate. And any shred or shrapnel or parts or uh, post-it notes of ego that are still around are going to shake. So it has to be thorough. So these 
misers, maybe you can put a better, better image. Uh, these aspects of consciousness that that want control, want to stay in charge, and want to manipulate things to get a certain kind of outcome, mainly happiness or success or something like that. Those are actually part of the very issue that's being worked on. So they're not separate from the very situation that we're working on. That's why it's uh, it, it's uh, that's why ego is kind of convinced that it's getting somewhere. Shoto. I think that's been coming up a lot for me lately is seeing how um, I used to think that I was working out of forms as a form of inclusion, but it seems to be more out of right and wrong and trying to hide behind those forms. So how can we use forms to not hide behind them? Sit more. Sorry. How much do you sit? Five hours a week? At least. At least. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> so I do think it's it's about bringing awareness to that, not only in meditation practice, doing training your mind in that situation, but training your mind uh, in post-meditation. And the post-meditation is not about maintaining anything. The meditation, the shikantaza facing the wall, isn't about maintaining anything. It might be a series of flashes or things coming and going and coming and going. No maintenance required. It's taught differently in different places by different teachers. Not a problem. They, they can do that. We're going to do this. Lots of different approaches to it. If you try to maintain something, then you get kind of a little mini success stories. This particular path, you won't have much success in the conventional sense, yes. If somebody else is bringing up a lot of negativity in me. Is there a way to see? Wait, wait, wait. What happened? I'm plastering. Somebody else is bringing up negativity in you? Yeah, it seems to be. Someone can function as a really good mirror for my own negativity. Okay. How can I see what that's actually triggering in me and not pick apart what they're doing? Sounds like you got it down. Don't do anything else. Is that what you're, is that how it looks to you? Don't do anything with it. But anytime you see something that's uh, that is fairly clear, if you look at it and you do nothing with it, it won't last. Nothing lasts. Sometimes uh, ego mind want if we some, you probably might have noticed that sometimes if you get angry at, at someone uh, or someone's angry at you or however it works and uh, someone kind of wants to make up and doesn't want to and you know and you or maybe the other person just wants to hang on to the anger, you want to be angry longer. <laughs> Get their, get their money's worth of it. Again, it's not incorrect. That's a, a perfect uh, time to just be aware of, how, of what is happening there. Just be aware of the, of the intensity of, of going this way and going against something or going for something. Always about awareness rather than what is arising in the awareness is quite often mistaken for something we need to grasp or something we need to include or something we need to exclude or something we need to do something about. Questions are good if you have them. Andrew. When we're looking at a deadline or some time constraint, what is the pressure that shows up? Well, I just think it's 
just a deadline. I'm not sure what what your question. For me, it seems like there's some emotion that arises. Like, is it a deadline I set? <laughs> is it a deadline that the the Eno set? No. It'd be something I just made up myself. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, actually, I'm not. I'm not understanding what. You know, it's a deadline. And we all have pressures, you know, something, we've set something up, we've set it up, or we were agreeing to do something, and then, you know, it's getting closer, and we still, you know, we're still goofing around, doing something else. I notice a few people grinning, <laughs> the goofers around us. Is that just a result mindset? Like, what causes the, the franticness in relation to... Feeling frantic. Sometimes. Uh, you know, without, you know, you and I could talk about it personally or something and maybe take it in another direction. But as a response in this situation, I would say it's a Dharma gate. In other words, it's, a, it's an area that you could look at without trying to solve it, without trying to, you know, analyze it too much. Quite often when we try to solve or analyze something, we actually miss the very texture of that situation. We miss that because it doesn't feel very good to look right at it. It feels better to look at a concept about it. it. Even looking at the word pressure, like as soon as you look at something and it comes up like that and you say, where is that pressure coming from? You actually left to say, where is that pressure coming from is to look away. You're treating it in a way that, that it's uh, some kind of thing that has an on and off valve somewhere. Not that it doesn't, but the, if there is an on and off valve, it's probably right in the in the situation itself, rather than uh, in some abstraction in the fourth skanda or something like that. More? What do you mean by right in the situation itself? Just that, right, right in. Don't abandon the the texture of the situation and go to some other thing. Like don't don't allow the grasping aspect of the of the self centeredness to to take you away from that situation, because how that situation is going to look is probably going to be threatening to that aspect of the mind that is the big problem, which is mistaken identity, that we think we're a separate being. And so anytime you look directly at anything without going this way or that way, or evaluating and doing anything with it, then it becomes uh, mirror-like. It starts to show you uh, the way in which the mirror may show up is not, may not be a, a pretty picture. It may be showing you how much confusion is going on there in your consciousness, which you may have to look at. Trungpa Rinpoche's way of helping people to to get to that was as the idea of a willingness to be a fool, a willingness to not to not not always be considered concerned about one's reputation or one's just a willingness to have a sense of failure happening. More. They don't. A lot of times, um, I'll bump into those misers in the heat of a moment. Um, how do I stay with it to to observe it without clinging to that? So uh, the way we stay with it is to just touch on it and then don't don't hang on to it. If you hang on to it, it actually starts to turn into something else. It turns into a success story, or it turns into a failure story. I can't can't do it. But just touch on it and let it go. It's like it's not a 
uh, it's not a, uh, a dismissal and it's not a disrespectful to the situation. Like, well, I don't need to think about that anymore. But just touch on it. Because usually, uh, when I say usually, I don't know if that's even particularly accurate, but it's, it's more like there's just that instant, just that first situation it has the most uh, um, actuality. The, the texture is actually in that first situation. So just touch on that. And that's why it's a post-meditation uh, situation where as you're living your life and you're doing this, you're pushing on that, someone's pushing back. Uh, you're noticing how you're, how you're feeling about someone's pu pushing back and then things are arising there and just, just flash on those. And no maintenance going on. More? Jesse? Is awareness something that can be willfully brought into a situation? A little bit, just like I can, with my body, I can look at you and be aware of you, but I can look at Chazon and prefer to be aware of you. And I'm more aware of you than I am of Chazon. And he's kind of turning into smoke or into, I don't know, Rice Krispies or something. You know, this is the way it, you know, so it's a, it's a very, I'm sure you all have noticed, it's like an amazing area. Uh, the consciousness is so enamored of objects and we're so addicted, I don't know how else to say it, to entertainment, to constantly having something happening. And yet this incredible world we live in is, is astonishingly entertaining all the time. If you just look at what, what's right in front of you, Rice Krispies. I mean, if you, the mind can do anything. It could go anywhere. You can create anything. So awareness, uh, consciousness is digesting our food. Consciousness is controlling our body temperature and our uh, heartbeat and everything. Uh, an aspect of consciousness that doesn't have a, a director behind it. Uh, then awareness, that part of consciousness that is uh, that it seems to be able, we're able to uh, to direct, uh, I call that awareness. And it could be talked about different ways. And so we're aware, but, but you can actually look at one thing and be aware of something else. We do it all the time. We, we drive and we think about something that happened last week. And yet we, we stop at the stoplight and you know, we do, do different things. And uh, they go out. It's been down for about five minutes. Well, that's not my fault. <laughs> Is it? Um, so, I have really bad anxiety. Um, so, I've got this uh, panic attack. Yes. Um, and I was just wondering if there is a way to uh, get rid of that or deal with it better. On, uh, how would that be done? Okay, so, uh, have I been? You're holding everything still that you can without being aggressive or militant, just being still, and then watch what continues to move. It, probably the anxiety won't come up in that situation. I mean, it could. Uh, and if it does, you may have to get up. So don't try to maintain anything particularly. Uh, keep something solid or keep the anxiety away. But it, probably there's something underneath the sur surface that needs to be seen, understood, or related with. And the anxiety is the is the, the panic that's going on around that. There, there's really nothing, uh, there's nothing that can be harmed. Who, actually, who, you, who we actually are can't be harmed. I'm not, I'm not saying we don't have nerve endings and we can be hurt, of course we can. But ang anxiety or panic is, 
like an unknown threat of some kind. We can't really find it. I've had that myself, so I know what I know what panic is about. And I would say uh, it might take some time. There's no no guarantees, but uh, a way to be to do it directly would be to to hold still and get to know yourself on a deeper level. Um, you're uh, when you leave Cape Pep, do you know where you're going? Going back home when you leave Cape Pep? Yeah, um, yeah, going back home. Yeah. So if you can, come here. Practice. These walls are here all the time. Sit down, hold still, face the wall. Over and over and over and over and over and over. It's just a way of training the, the that aspect of the consciousness to see rather than to constantly think and think and think and think and think. The, think, the thinking goes in circles and eventually... We, there's kind of a realization that we're something's endangered here, and we're and we're uh, not we're not able to protect ourselves from it because we don't know what it is. So find out what it is. You have to find out. I can't pour, you know, as the metaphor is, pour a bucket of clarity into you. You need to find that yourself. I'll help you. If you want my help? I'll help you. Everyone, everyone here will. What is your name? What is your name? Mike. Mike. Good. Anything else? No. Okay. Further questions? Do we get back on the thing? Don't you? Earlier to Andrew's question, something in your response said something like, if we allow the grasping self-centeredness to pull us away from what's in front of us, in what way do we allow that grasping to pull us we, away? We, um, instead of observing the grasping, we try to stop it. And when you try to stop anything that's in motion, it's going to keep moving. Anytime, you, anytime there's any momentum anywhere and you come in and interfere with the momentum, then it gives it a kind of reality that supercharges it. This doesn't mean that we run away. And my way of saying this, I've, I've probably said hundreds of times, is don't push it, don't pull on it, and certainly don't distract yourself or look away. And it's very hard to do that. That's why we have this kind of a mind training where we sit down, hold still, and just practice just receiving things, receiving thoughts, receiving feelings, receiving emotions, receiving memories, and, and so far as we can, not adding anything to it. And that way we get to know the grasping part of the mind very clearly. Uh, the only way it won't show up as a success story, the way it'll show up is uh, if you practice a lot, as I've said before, when you, get, you interact with people that don't meditate at all, you'll notice there's, there's something missing there. They they're actually, actually believe what they're doing, whereas someone who meditates um, even a little bit um, will start to give things more of a benefit of the doubt rather than just lock down on, well, this is true and that's true. They won't have as many... Uh, opinions. So just observe the grasping. If if you just observe it and you don't add judgment to it, I shouldn't be grasping. That's not observing the grasping. That's abandoning what's happening and opting for uh, determination about it that that causes the self-centeredness to get a little bit of nourishment. At least I know I'm doing it. Kind of idea more. How do we just observe when we've already yeah. had it? 
uh, look at everything else that's uh, that's occurring now. I include every, stop stop. Uh, when I say stop, I'm saying uh, just include. The, your heartbeat is happening. Your breathing is happening. The feeling of your kneecaps, of your hands are here, is happening. The the air conditioner is happening. There's movement in the room. There's there's all kinds of the six sense fields are being constantly showered with the objects that are in those sense fields. Just the taste of saliva is something that's happening, but we ignore that and opt for some kind of ragged, ragtag thinking process that's going in circles and making making things more and more painful and difficult. Don't forget gravity is the one I say probably more than anything else. Just forget there's you're actually alive. You're a living being. You're here. You're 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 here. the expectation of a result change go away? It certainly changes. It may, it may go away and it may not, but the one who, who, who is used to be in charge of all that is no longer a solid consciousness. There's no longer someone who's looking for something else. There's no long, longer someone who's looking for anything or wanting anything else. Uh, the very teaching of the Buddha, life of suffering, nerve endings, lots of them, in the mind, in the fingertips, in the eyes, in the ears, nose, tongue, body, nerve endings. Sometimes feels pretty good, sometimes feels horrible. Same nerve ending. So those are actually here now. They're just they're just here. So. Uh, when when the mind takes us, which is uh, the mind, ha its uh, way of sensing uh, actually transcends the physical situation, consciousness. So, and it, the dimension out of which this whole situation appeared. So that's that's still open. So when that that area of the thinking process that starts to getting paranoid and running in circles and chasing its own shadow, so to speak, uh, include gravity. Don't get rid of that, but you know, just and you just flash on it. It won't necessarily help you in the relative sense, but you're. But there's a sense of grounding since there's still a physical form. Uh, that grounding is very powerful. That's why we're. That's why we're incarnated. So it's like a school. Welcome to first grade. Further questions? We have quite a bit of time. Just wondering if you could say again what the tiny misers are. Well, they're misers. They're itty bitty. And the reason they're, I say misers, it's that aspect of the consciousness that is hoarding, is keep keeping a hold of the awareness in the form of self-centeredness, in the form of the sudden consciousness, in the form of pride, in the form of just self-love. And the, the reason the way I'm saying tiny is uh, a way of saying that is saying that you might not be able to find it as a full-blown situation. You might have to look and see there's a little tiny aspect of the mind. If you're, you may not see it during post-meditation, you may see it uh, during med actual meditation, and then it, that once you see it there, uh, you might have an aha, you might not. There might not be a no, any addition at all. You might just have an understanding that it's a very, very 
tiny area. And, and I mean because consciousness is so vast. So it's a very tiny area where somebody's shutting the door, something, some, some attitude, some uh, zombie, or some, uh, what do they call those other things? Uh, shop owners, that's right. What? Tardigrades. Tardigrades. Yeah. Tardigrades. So. so something's being shut down there. There's a ingrained survival response to the things that prioritizes our, at least our bodies mm -hmm. first. And I'm wondering with awareness, is that instinct change at all? It may. The whole body-mind situation for most people is ignored and, and conceptualized. My body, my my hand, my, so we have a, a sense of ownership there, but it's like somebody inside of us owns this stuff, or, this is, or else uh, we become so identified with it, and then we're afraid of death, or afraid of this, or afraid of that. So there's some kind of dynamic going on like that, and it's not that there isn't, uh, isn't, isn't that that isn't happening. It's just that that leads to some kind of uh, paranoia about everything, and it can change. Uh, we can still have a strong body awareness with no being in the background who is actually aware. The awareness is its own situation. Good question. More? The, um, that survival mechanism response is so spontaneous and it seems to bleed over just into self-prioritization. And in the moment, it seems that there's really no way to see it because it is so spontaneous. It's, it's not a, an action based on a thought. And I'm wondering how to bring space to see the action before it's already in motion. So I don't, I don't know if there is a, I'm not saying there isn't, but I don't know if there's any strategy that you can do for that because each person's causes, each person's so different. Uh, Human beings, yes, but causes and conditions that for each person are so incredibly different. And some people may, that may be the very thing they deal with for the rest of this incarnation. And other people that may, they may not even be really sure what you're talking about because they don't, their, their, their challenges or difficulties are, show up in a much different way. But to one who has realized uh, that can happen, and it cannot happen. Nothing goes away. Um, even though it's a big sales pitch at the beginning of the Buddha's teaching. You've got to get them to do it somehow. And of course, it's a different time, a different, a different, a different culture, and a different way of talking to people. And we have to remember that the Buddha was talking to thousands of 14-year-olds, more than likely. Monks. It's very challenging for anyone who is working with the whole identity thing and the ego thing. We can see the obvious ways ego uh, works in our everyday bumping into other people and with our lives and with our successes and failures and so on and so forth. But it's very difficult to see really deeply uh, what this is without an assumption that something needs to be accomplished. Something needs to change. Something needs to be 
happen that is better, that makes this whole meditation situation worthwhile on some level? Did you? A question from Danny in Louisville, Kentucky. He asks, when you can see yourself clearly falling off the path, what is a good way to stop yourself and realign yourself back on the path? So that would be falling off the path or getting distracted by the world, however that may show up. Um, I think just using uh, simple forms. The simple the way that I talk about this is to use the four reminders every morning. If, if you really, if your intention is to do this, then every morning repeat the four reminders. And you can get a copy of those through our website or by contacting someone. The first one is first contemplate the preciousness of being free and well-favored, difficult to gain, easy to lose. Now I must do something meaningful. So probably not going to head out to the uh, Best Buy. And it could show up. It could show up in a different way. I mean, I, I have no idea what all the causes and conditions in in your particular life are. If it's your job, your relationships, or whatever. But there's probably some way where you can find if if you're you're listening to this talk and it sounds like you're sincere about what you're asking about. And I would say, uh, sangha is important. Community is important. Uh, the the teachings are important also, but. In some cases, Sangha is what's missing with a lot of people in their practices. Having other people that you probably wouldn't be friends with at all, or you're studying the Dharma with them. You might not be. People, usually the people we're friends with, are the people who re really resonate with them. And even if people see uh, that you're kind of crazy, they love you so much, they're not going to criticize you if they like you. So, whereas uh, Sangha generally hate each other. Sorry, not a good joke. But with sangha, we're actually working with all kinds of things. Everybody, everybody's working with their mind, so we're trying to respect a person's confusion rather than correct them. We're also trying to work with our own confusion without correcting it, but trying to see deeply how how is it that we continue to to act in a way that is harmful to ourselves, harmful harmful to others, and so on. So it's challenging to do that, and then. And for someone in the Sangha to, to respect you enough that they're not going to give you advice about something you've not given their permi them permission to do that. So it's a different kind of area. But Sangha, find a Sangha if you're down there in uh, was it Ken Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, that's uh, be challenging in that area, although I don't know. Keep tuning in. Further question? Shoto. The first reminder that lying well favored is that talking about merit. I don't, I don't talk about merit too much because it's a, it's another labyrinth and it's drawing conclusions and praise and blame and all that. But it's the way I talk about well favored is if you're here, and you hear the these kind of words about train your mind, find out who you are, and it's not about join this club, believe in this and believe in that, or do as I say or as anybody says, but it's more about a situation where you're, you're encouraged to find out who you are yourself. So, and if, you, if that makes sense to you on some level, then 
you can actually hear this, then you're well favored because you're not you have enough curiosity that even though you may have opinions and ideas and structures and may have been trained in this, that, and the other thing, or may, may have been raised Catholic or Mormon or anything else, somehow there's enough kind of openness there that you're in curiosity even, and you could even say some fearlessness, and I'm going to go look at this, even though my family says, you know, this is, they're living out of there probably, but you're well favored in that you're not locked in by the culture or the cage of afflictions that you might have been born into. I certainly wasn't helped in my situation. I don't know how I got into this room, but it wasn't because of my family. Or maybe it was, maybe it was a reaction to that. But it looks more like, you know, I had Reader's Digest and outdoor life and bowling and beer drinking. That was my environment. So, yes. I've heard, uh, if you wanna see your past look at your body. Yeah. Have we earned the suffering that we're experiencing? What? This seems like... No, no, no. Have what? We, have we earned the suffering we're experiencing? As, as far as cause and effect or karma, I wouldn't say you've earned it, but it's just cause and effect is very, a very impersonal situation. It just feels personal. But we personalize it as, as, as living forms, as consciousness arising in a living form as human beings. But who we are actually isn't exactly human. It's not exactly alien. It's not exactly lizards or mosquitoes. It's not, not actually that. This is temporary. More about that's a good question. Keep coming. When we're endeavoring to just observe, is there some endeavor to lessen karma? Well, I think we're trying to suffer less. We, we, we want to be happy. We'd like to not... Uh, have such difficulty in our lives, so there's kind of an intention to do that, and then we notice there's other people with difficulty, so we might want to help them also. I'm not sure. Yeah, go ahead. If we're trying to correct the suffering that we're experiencing, are we just perpetuating it? Well, you could be. It might be, rather than correct, if something is painful or difficult, rather than reach right into it and immediately try to shut it down and break it off or snuff it out, it might be good to, if there's time, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a bonfire, you probably don't need to think about it too much. It's hot. Fire burns. You know, it doesn't, it's not an opinion. But, if, you know, it depends on how it, how it arises. And so far as you can, try to look at it and see it or receive what is there uh, without adding on to it, uh, other than spontaneously thinking it's this or that or that or this or that. But rather than the calculating, figuring kind of thing, quite often that is based on hope and fear. It's based on a misunderstanding of the way everything works. More. Is our physical suffering included? In what? Like, if I have a backache, just look at the backache. <laughs> I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you probably noticed that if, if you have anything going on health-wise, and you talk to 15 people, you got 15 different ideas about what the, what's happening, what you should do about it, anything like diet. I sometimes say, I, 10 people, and I respect all of them completely, and all of them think I should be eating something different. And, and they're all highly intelligent people that have examined and looked into things and so on, but they have different ideas about it. Go ahead. Can the ego hijack our, our physical situation to hide there? It already has. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. 
certainly has mine. That's how I know about it. But it's about awareness. It's not about getting rid of that. You can't meditate away your ears. You can't med meditate away your skin color. You can't meditate away away your, your karma. This is why I say, and others have said too, uh, don't miss your life. Be here. Be genuine. But don't, 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 don't make it more confusing by trying to struggle with it or run away. Or don't make it more confusing by making, making, a bunch, making up a bunch of stories, even if they're accurate, about what's why you're feeling this way, why you're having this kind of a problem. It's because of my upbringing or, my, or what I did or this uh, cause and effect. You go in and kind of re, you know, reanimate all of those zombies. Go ahead. Further thoughts? Further questions? Getting that down? Got it. Got it. What a note taker. We have some time for questions? Robert? Anything? The animating zombies. Yes. Excellent. My first question when you started to talk was white tiny. Which cheese on? Did I say? Did I address on? Huh? Tiny, tiny misers. Tiny because because the, we can see the big picture, we can see the big uh, things going on, pushing and pulling, passion, aggression, ignorance. But the, there's tiny areas in the mind where we're trapping things and turning things, using thought patterns to to trap awareness and to substantiate, validate, justify, condemn anything. And they're tiny, and they 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 uh, they suck the whatever metaphor you want. They suck the wind out of the sails. They they take away the awareness that is necessary to just see what this is. Um, it might be better metaphors than that. They're, I, I yeah. was think when you said tiny, I was thinking subtle. And the situation I was thinking of is when I'm actually feeling good and clear, usually because I've just gone through something. Emotionally, it was pretty horrible, and I feel, oh, finally, I've connected with it, and I feel good. And that's when I get most confused, I think. The oh, good part. Yeah, yeah I don't know how yeah. to feel good. You don't know how to feel good? Yeah. Stop commenting on it. In other words, when I say stop, you may not be able to do that, but see how, maybe it might be, see how you can't stop commenting on everything. Yeah. Not accusing you of anything, just saying, Whatever experience arises, don't add. But have an experience. So uh, the, the 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 feeling that the ego mind will have is, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I am. I don't know. Just uh, what was the, the the Korean monk who's passed away? Sang Song had had a, had a book called uh, Only Don't Know Mind. And it was his way of encouraging people to have a willingness to just be in an open dimension without having some kind of idea about who I am, whether I'm valuable, whether I'm getting ahead, whether I'm falling behind, whether I'm enlightened, whether I'm not enlightened. All the position picking and choosing of the mind is just like tiny skirmishes and tiny warfare and tiny misers, tiny, tiny bandits, aspects of the consciousness. I say tiny so that, you know, maybe encouraging you to look closely at whatever is happening in your sitting practice or in your post-meditation.
Andrew. What can we know? Where do we have to respect the dark that we can't observe? Again? What can we know? Where do we have to respect the dark that we can't observe? So if I, I'm understanding, I would say just uh, whatever's arising, just look at it. It might be a feeling of dark or not knowing, or but don't abandon it for something. It's like the joke of uh, the person looking for their car keys. We all heard that one. Or should I tell it again? <laughs> the person's looking for their car keys under the streetlight. Where did you lose them? Over there in the bushes. Why are you looking over here? There's more light here. So stay in the bushes. Basically, just stay in the dark. Have a willingness to notice that your consciousness, your mind, your perception, your understanding seems to be getting darker. Don't correct that. Don't do anything with it. Just have a just live your life. Just have a willingness to just be genuine. Whatever feeling or emotion is arising, and of course, uh, train your mind. Spend some time sitting down, holding very still, and watching what moves. Don't have to be a Buddhist or join Buddhism. Uh, as I've said many times, I think it helps to do that because sometimes that structure, like the fellow, uh, who is it, the fellow that called from Kentucky, Danny. So, like with, you know, you feel yourself going away from it. Sometimes you need more glue, and that glue might just be a community. That glue might be um, a particular Dharma book or a particular teaching. I think for some people, especially people who are quite uh, conceptual or intellectual, reading, just rereading and studying the 30 verses of Vasubandhu. Really a powerful uh, teaching because it's so, because uh, the way those concepts are put forth are so powerful and talk about the nature of the mind in such a way that it, t- it resonates. Yes? Three minutes. <laughs> Yes. Shut up. How does a show cut? Wrong. <laughs> I know it was one of the show brothers. But I didn't know which one. Show dice. Show dice. <laughs> How does a teacher help us to see clarity if we have to see it ourselves? Keep going, keep going, keep looking, keep looking. I think that's it. I think encouragement. That's that's what helped me. Just being encouraged by talking to somebody that you respect and someone that looks like they might have some understanding maybe greater than yours or might be a little bit more clear than you are. Maybe they've been doing this a little longer. And they they tell you, uh, you give them permission have to sit down in front of them and say, help me, or this is what's happening, what should I do? And then listen to that person, and that person probably is going to say, just keep going. Don't, don't necessarily buy into the negativity that arises. Negativity is just, it's the nature of the path is the negativity. The, the, everybody, everyone's going up a, a mountain, but everybody's mountain has a different kind of path, a different kinds of crags and sinkholes and cliffs and tigers and bears. Yes? How do we 
walk up that our own path on that mountain in a way that respects the Sangha community. So, uh, the Sangha actually uh, uh, is on the path also, but their particular path may look different, have a different shape, be in a different area. We're able to be with them, but their what what they need to look at or go through may be different, quite a bit different than what you're going through. This is why we have forms. This is why we have forms that we don't obey, but we observe. We observe the form. They're not commandments. And you may, you may from a relative point of view, may be way off, way way away from what particular a particular form. Not about right or wrong. It's not. A, it's. it's it's just that's just the way it is. As has been said before, how do you know it should be that way? Because that's how it's happening. That's what's happening. Free will is a interesting word, but it totally misses the point. Yes. How does free will miss the point? <clears throat> it misses the point because it is there's kind of a an assumption that there's free will that you can actually uh, you have some kind of uh, freedom to make choices and fundamentally everything is choiceless whether you realize it or not. If you're totally wrapped up in yourself and you're in love with yourself and you're just operating out of a crazy kind of karma that it probably will never uh, see a, a Zafu, let alone a, uh, a uh, Buddhist temple, you might still think that you're in char charge of yourself and you're making your own decisions and you're deciding this is a good thing, that's a bad thing, uh, constantly. But you're completely you're completely at the mercy of your karma because you haven't seen it. So you're, 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 you, it feels like you're deciding to do that, you're deciding, but actually it's probably a, a, a action reaction thing that is happening. Not wrong. I'm not saying, I, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not free of that. So the important thing is to know, is to know about it. And then, then you, you might have a little bit more sense of humor about your life than thinking that you have some kind of say so about stuff. And of course, the other end of the spectrum, and there's all kinds of nuance happening here. Someone's totally uh, operating out of a belief in a self, belief in their world, belief in control, belief in success and failure, the eight worldly karmas, and have no spiritual path whatsoever. Um, not wrong, that's just what they're doing, and that's choiceless for them. You, can't, you aren't going to go in and, there's no opening for you to come in and say, have you ever thought of training your mind? They would say, what? Training my mind? I'm too busy getting rich, or whatever it may be. And then one who is, to go to the other extreme, one who is clear and realizes who they are and what this is, they also don't have free will. Because they're totally not separate from anything that's happening. So they may find themselves pushing on this, or pulling on that, or functioning in a way that to other people looks like passion, aggression, and ignorance, and uh, but 
what may actually be happening be happening is they are uh, just relating to whatever is happening. They don't really have a position on anything. This doesn't mean they don't have emotions or feelings or hopes or fears or any of those things. Sure, they may come up, but they don't happen to a separate being that needs protecting, a separate being that needs advancing. This is a this is a I'm commenting on is the bodhisattva ideal of the of the Buddhist path. Did the uh, tiny misers? Is the concept or anything the concepts surrounding it? Does it have anything to do with fleas bite lions roar? Say more. I mean, I know the image, but say more. Not, it keeps coming up really strongly for me. I'm not sure. It seems like there's. We, I, I can look at tiny misers in a in a way that is illuminating the ignorance, but it also seems like it's a, something that illuminates wisdom or clarity as well. Mm-hmm. That's the image yeah. that took him. Yeah. Oh, seems to be the same way. Yeah. So perhaps my idea there is to is to say tiny is that it's, it can go on completely unnoticed and there's an area where we're kind of closing down or we're grasping at something and hanging on to it and it's it's tiny in relative to all the other things that are happening that, that's my way of uh, and also I got to talk about something so, talk about that. so and uh, but the free will idea is you're either tied into your karma or you're if you're no longer seeing yourself as a separate being anymore, then you would be, you would be, uh, you know, the, the metaphor there would be, uh, could be, uh, you're just kind of uh, dancing with things. Things are coming this way and coming that way, and you're you're moving in concert with everything. You're no longer at war with anything. Even if war comes along, you don't fight. But you still, you might, some, some energy might go in that direction, but it's not, there's not someone behind it who is at war with someone else. So there's no agenda about, about winning. There, if there is an agenda, the agenda to the one who has received vows and is observing a Jukai or Bodhisattva vows, save all beings. Don't, don't do harm, do good, simply put, and uh, be with all things. Actually, be with. Be with others. Don't correct anyone. Don't agree with them. Don't disagree. Don't abandon them. Yes. Johnny, who's watching from the backwoods of Georgia, asks, just observing becomes more difficult the more I do it. Is that a normal phase of things? Yes. The downside of that is more, more, uh, more difficult. The upside of it uh, is that it's that is how it feels to um, slowly uh, accustom yourself to just the observing part of it. So yes, it's totally appropriate. May never get better. May never feel good. Doesn't matter. From this point of view, that, if that matters, then we we need to just start doing yoga or something. Read read Patanjali or. Read uh, Sermon on the Mount. Read Bogo. Did you say Bogo? Yes. (laughs) 
Has anybody read Walt Kelly's Pogo? Long time ago? How was it? Funny. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Funny and sad, yeah. Well said. One last question if you have it. Yes. How can that, how can the negativity that we add on to something that we might not like that the teacher's doing, how is that encouragement? You're adding on negativity about me? Just, we might not like the way that you're encouraging us. Like when I hit you? <laughs> Especially when you hit us. I haven't even used the stick yet. You'll blow in that stick. Um... Well, in our, in our situation, because uh, I don't have, you know, a few dozen students, but I don't have hundreds, you can always talk to me about it. I don't, I don't have, I don't teach to abroad. I mean, it's out there, but it's not, not going to make sense to a lot of people, most people probably. So that's a, that's a good thing. So you would talk about it, talk about it. It's a mutual thing. This, this is not the, the guru chila or the, the teacher-student dynamic is not like this. It's this. If, if anything, if you want a metaphor for it. There's no, no, uh, there's no demand being made over here. This is not 13th century Tibet. Or Japan. Thank you. You have a question? Okay, thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our blue, purple chant books. I'd like to remind everybody that next Sunday following the morning service at 1 o'clock, we'll have Jukai for Jesse Bajero, and then at 2 o'clock, uh, Jukai for Andrew Rockwell. So please join us if you can. We will Zoom the um, ceremony and also remind everybody about the donation boxes that we have in the hallway. We appreciate your financial support. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light.